Welcome to Cross the World with Kelly Miller, where we take you behind the curtain to see what it's like for some of the most impoverished children and families on the face of the planet, and how we can help transform their lives from deepest need to thriving joy. I'm your host, Kelly Miller, the president and CEO of Cross International. And I am Chris McIntyre, co-host of Cross the World, and this is episode 10. And for this episode, we wanted to discuss money and the corrupting influences that, that go with that. And, you know, people may, may uh, wonder, you know, why now? Why, why at this specific instance are we going to discuss this? And, well, to, to our listeners out there, um, we're recording this in April 2023. So this is right smack in the middle of tax season. And uh, time, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and so you you know I'm you know I I'm in communications, and so I, I don't I don't really have direct conversations with donors, but but I know that you know you do, Kelly, and and I would imagine that at this time of year in in the nonprofit world. Uh, this is a time when donors think a lot about money. Uh, oh, certainly, you know, all year round, but especially at tax season. You're right, right. right? right. And here we are. You know, I know my wife and I just spent last night working on our taxes. You know, that's sure really funny because just last weekend we hit click. You know, did you? yeah, <laughs> yeah we really right, did. It's all right, it's yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's obviously it's it's a it's a central part of our lives. It really is part of God's resources in this world, right? Not a bad thing. No. Challenging thing, right? No, it, and it we, is. You know, you know what I really like about this podcast that we do? We always take on the light topics. No, <laughs> easy ones. <laughs> Money. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the primary focus for us to start with is, you know, this whole concept of the corruption of money, right? Right. It's not so much in our individual lives that we're going to focus in on, but what does it mean, you know, again, as an international development organization like ours working in developing countries with partners with local Christian organizations mm-hmm. and churches, right? And and we represent resource. We do. I mean, right. At the end of the day, we represent money. We represent technical uh, 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 capabilities, management, uh, leadership, all the kind of stuff that we bring in, in partnership. And and that aspect right there, you know, what is what does that look like in international development work? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that whole idea of could – does money corrupt? Could it corrupt? How does it corrupt? What does that look like? And the answer is yes, yes, yes. And I'll give you some examples sure. to all of that and, and such. And it, um, you know, let's just kind of step back. And if you're the average American or Westerner and you see the, the news and oftentimes uh, stories come up around a so much, uh, so many mil- millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars of, of aid – Mm-hmm. The aid money was given by our government to X, Y, and Z. And, right. And it ends up getting flittered away, right? Very real. Happens. Unfortunately, yes. happens all the time, right? But that leaves an impression in people's minds that, gosh, you know, why would I want to give into international things if it just gets flittered away? And that's a very real and a very, very honest uh, response, Right. But what what we want really want to talk about is is so much of international aid is not that right. So the work that that we do as a as a private uh, uh, international nonprofit is very different than bilateral aid that, that goes on, and there's tremendous effectiveness and use of that money. But what do we? What's our role as an organization, cross international, and others like ours? What's our role? What's our responsibility? You know what's the place for wisdom 
in, in how we work uh, in the field with our partners in the exchange and transfer of money, along with all the other resources that, that are provided. That's the core of, of, this, of, this, uh, of this topic. And, you know, it really is, it's a fascinating one. It's got some really kind of wild and crazy dynamics <laughs> to it. So if I could, you know, hey, let's get an airplane seat and strap our seat belts on and, and take a ride a couple places. You okay yeah, with that? let's do that. All right. So uh, I'll just give you some examples in, in my time in this type of ministry work. This goes back uh, right now to the late 1990s. Okay. And uh, we, we're, we're now in Kosovo. And many of our listeners probably remember the crisis of Kosovo in 1999 and 2000 and that, that era. I actually started years before that, but the... The, the public awareness was, was in that, uh, that time frame. And I was working for another organization at the time and uh, involved in, in uh, emergency response work, which is uh, what we were doing in Albania, which was one of the countries that uh, uh, many of the, the uh, Albanian ethnic, ethnic Albanians living in Kosovo fled to. And... The backdrop was that, and still today, there are certainly more now, but then there were very, very few Christian churches in Kosovo at the time, uh, particularly evangelical, Protestant evangelical churches, but, but uh, uh, churches nonetheless. Um, so when the time came, and eventually did, not too far down the road after the refugee flow came out, the time came to now go back into Kosovo. Hostility settled down, uh, ethnic cleansing settled down, um, and so now it became time, let's move in, physically move into Kosovo and start working in rebuilding the country and rebuilding uh, communities and such. So organizations like uh, the ones that, that I, wor- I worked with then and somewhere that cross international now, uh, as a Christian-based organization, you, know, you, you really, as much as you want to, work with the church in, in these places, right? So there were very, very few uh, Christian churches in Kosovo at the time. Just you know, you could count them on on two hands. So we began working with with one of the uh, senior, and I use that word in quotes, pastors of one of the uh, uh, churches there, and and I won't give you his name, but uh, he was in, in his late twenties. This is the senior pastor, right? So it's a very very young church, age wise, right, and very impoverished. I mean. Relatively speaking, very, very impoverished in terms of, of he himself, his congregants, the communities around them. You know, these are not wealthy people by any stretch of the imagination. So um, people without resources. So here comes the resourced West. You know, those of us that are, that are working in Kosovo. And, and here we come with literally millions of dollars collectively. You know, organizations that, that want to start to rebuild homes and provide clean water and and, uh, you know, engage the church and, um, you know, provide education and all these type of things. You know, the things that need to happen uh, post-conflict to, to help uh, rebuild society at the very grassroots level. So imagine if you're a 27, 28-year-old pastor that has a, a, a church that, uh, that, that is a very uh, loving, uh, God-following uh, congregation, but they're doggone poor, as is he. Right, right, and and you get approached by these Western organizations and say, "Hey, let's partner with you. We want to partner with you. We want to work through you, through your your in essence your delivery system to reach not only your church population but the, the villages and the communities around 
you know, not in the hundreds, but in the thousands and the ten thousands and maybe beyond that. And as a pastor, you know, your heart is going to be, yes, you know, we're, we're, we're called to do this, right, uh, as, as part of God's response to this. But then there's also the holy samoli. Uh, you're not talking a few hundred dollars here that you come with the resources. You're talking thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and sometimes into the millions. So I know if I'm sitting in that person's seat, <laughs> you know, my eyes get really big, right? Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's our humanness, right, that, that, that fits the bill. So my point is that that's a, that is a very real situation that did occur, and we needed wisdom in terms of how to work with our partner and realize up front we don't want to create a fall for this person, for this church, for this congregation, and for the capital C church in a very uh, non-Christian environment because of money. Exactly. Right, because of money. So you had to be very judicious in terms of, of uh, project planning and the dollars and cents besides the size of that those projects and how you would transfer funds and, and, and then also the tracking of that money and such. Again, these are not corrupt people, right? But anyway, stretch them that wonderful people. But money does, can... Corrupt. Corrupt. Yeah, right? <laughs> so that's one example that was very real and one that I lived through, and, and I could tell interesting stories about all of that. But at the end of the day, um, it, um, um, it's one where we, as the person or the entity with the resource, need to seek and use wisdom in, in that. Another one, if I could kind of stay in that region, but... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hop on a plane and go for uh, about an hour flight in, into Iraq. Roll the clock forward a few years. And to th- 2003, actually 2002, before uh, uh, the uh, uh, the response, I'll use that word, the response in, in Iraq started, uh, there was a lot of planning being done uh, by the international non-governmental organization, INGO community like ours, like what CROSS is a part of. And, and again, this organization I was with at that, at that time. Because it was not a matter of if this military conflict was going to happen. It was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. right? So there was some co-planning between uh, uh, military and, and the NGO community uh, like ourselves, course we never understood never purposely on their part and we would be naive to think you know any kind of plans we, we, we were not privy to we weren't we understood that but the fact that it was going to happen was it was a heads up a, a, a tip to say look NGO community be, be ready be prepared so a lot of my time um, then in my work because of what happened in Kosovo for me it was one of those light bulb moments that look you know we need to be able to to work with and coach our local partners to be able to say the word no. It's okay to say the word no. Just because somebody comes to you with resources that you think you might want, you think you might be able to use it, and you don't have a whole lot now, I get it. It's very, very easy. You want to just simply say yes. You don't want to say no to a donor, right? But it's okay to say no. You know, it really is okay to say no. And this is, this is part of our, again, responsibility and hopefully wisdom on our part to work with local partners that just don't have much, you know, and then have to them you know, massive amounts sitting in front of them. But you got to look at this and say, what's God called us to do? I'm speaking to the local partner right now. What's God called us to do? We need to follow that leading. 
because oftentimes, you know, when a lot of stuff, money, supplies and stuff get presented to us, pushed our way, it's easy to go off course, go off mission. Yeah, it is. And, and what? Get corrupted by money, right? Yeah. You know, and again, I'm not talking about theft and stealing, right? But it takes, it takes you away from what God's called you to do. Well, it also takes discipline to say no. It really does. Because, yeah. because the natural inclination when, when somebody is, you know, when, when the money is coming in is to, is to accept it no matter what. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, again, I, I, I've never had to sit on that side of the table, right? I've always been on the other side in terms of the entity having a resource, right? Right. So easy for me to say. <laughs> hard would be hard for me to do. I, I can imagine being on the side of the table. But it's also that sense of, you know, what's our stewardship, what's our responsibility in being wise and how we interact with our local partners because I can guarantee you so often it doesn't happen that way. It's like, gosh, here we've got – uh, you know, big disasters happen, and, and we've got, you know, a million, two million, half a million, whatever the amount is, five million in, in, in an account for this. we got to go find a place for it. And organizations, I would say not more often than not, but there is some that will um, just find a place to place money. And that's unfortunate mm-hmm. because it gives it, – it, it's, it's not good for the local partner, and it is detrimental in the long run to – uh, our sector of work, right? It kind of helps give that that bad name. So again, wisdom in that, but but it's true. I mean, if, if the two things for listeners today is like the phrase I'd love for them to understand is that no is an okay word to say when it comes to people who want to give you something. Right? No is an okay word to say, whatever your context is, especially in our context, working with 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 local organizations in in developing country, and in wisdom. You know, we all want, we all would love wisdom in how we make choices, how we give. For us as an organization, how we give for you as an individual, if you give to nonprofits like Cross or others, you know, being wise in that. See God's direction and guidance. You know, what, what's he placed on your heart in terms of where you want to give the resources that he's blessed you with? And is it an organization that aligns with the values that, that, that God's instilled in you? And are they implementing the funds correctly? These kind of things. So they're all good. All good. Good questions to ask because in our own lives, it can get blinding. And a couple other illustrations, you know how we how we view the the use of money. And I'll use another another one if we can hop, hop back in that plane, <laughs> strap up, and we're going to still stay over in that side of the world. But we're now we're going to fly to the African continent. Continent. We're going to go to Somalia. And. Very interesting dynamic I had with um, some donors to, uh, again, this other organization I was with some years ago, that, God bless them, they, they really wanted to provide uh, a well, a water system uh, in Somalia, mm-hmm. right? Then a, a country close to, to the gospel, and they just want to show this expression of, of faith um, uh, to uh, to the Somali people. It was really wonderful. But they they also wanted to have a plaque with their family name and just saying this well given in the name of so-and-so and such. We had long conversations about that because I said, gosh, you know, um, so-and-so, I, I understand the heart <clears throat> behind this. I really do. I know, and, and you want a, a statement for your children, this kind of thing. That's, that's cool. That's really good. But let's put this in context. You know, this is a, 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 a community of people that are, um, you know, Christianity is outside of their their norm, right? And and 
for most people, they're nonviolent in any way, shape, or form. But but there are some right that don't react well. You know, in terms of you're forcing your religion. I mean, kind of a right. re- reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So in this context, it just would not be appropriate. You know, to have um, a naming plaque on it with with a Bible verse on it. You know, in that particular context, because probably what would happen was that well would get destroyed. That's right. Right, and who would be harmed from that? The whole community, right? There are many other ways to express your faith. This is not a, apologizing for our faith in any way, shape, or form. It's just taking a wiser pathways to utilize funds for the long term for the gospel today with those communities. And so again, that's just another example of uh, a bit of how funding could kind of corrupt a situation, right? But also, again, using wisdom and how we utilize the resources that um, that God gives us, and so we don't we don't want to get trapped trapped in this. Uh, let's give to be blessed, you know, mentality, right? You know, because that's, uh, that's I don't think that's what God is calling us to do, and so. Looking at, at, at the funds, the resources that an organization like ours has uh, because of you know, people like our listeners and others that give to Cross and to all the other organizations, again, we've got to be what? We've got to be wise in how we use this wonderful tool, part of God's resources in this world that, that money is. And you know, I just, Let's step back and, and, and just take a minute and just say, kind of reframe our thinking about money because often— there's a misperception, right? That money is the root of all evil, right? That 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 Bible verse that's misquoted, you know, so badly. You know, First Timothy six ten. You know, it says, "For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil." Mm-hmm. It's not money; it's the love of money. Right. Even that's not the root; it's a root. Exactly. Of all, right. And so, as we properly frame money, right, as a as a resource and as a tool. Uh, that God's given us to steward, it takes away that, it strips away that, that um, kind of that, that what, what's the word I'm thinking of, Chris, kind of this false modesty or whatever the right phrasing might be around. Yeah, exactly. This yeah, idea fa- of false money. modesty. Right, right. Now, it's not, hey, lo- the, great, that takes off all constraints to go, you know, uh, make all the money you can and hoard it. That's not it. It's completely the opposite of that. Because then how does that inform our actions, our attitudes and our actions? You know, so what did Jesus say? You go to the Beatitudes, right, in Matthew. And in, in, in Matthew 5, you know, it talks about salt and light and being light in the world. You know, and, and you know, let's just read in Matthew uh, 14 through 16. It's in Jesus' words, you, 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 you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. And what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Right? So what's, what's Jesus saying there, right? It's not about me, fill in the blank me, whoever me is, right? Mm-hmm. It's about God, right? It's about utilizing the resources that, the, 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 that God has given us, either in innate abilities in the learnings and the wisdoms that we've got to be expressed. And one of them also is financially. Right? Absolutely. I just had this conversation with a, with a, um, a donor partner of, of Crosses just a couple of days ago. And this person represents 
a lot of money. I mean, it really does. And, and uh, she and I were talking about this very topic and, and, and the good wrestle that we all should have in terms of how do we steward the funds with, uh, with that God's given us. And Jesus is not saying, you know, stand up on top of a hill and, and throw money out so people can see it. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying if God chooses, he's resourced you in a lot of ways. One of them might be money. Utilize that so that God is glorified. Others then may see what you do and follow your example. And you're not doing it in a boastful way because you know what? He comes, the next chapter comes and smacks that idea down in Matthew 6. You know? Yeah. Careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Yeah. You give to the needy. Do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you. They have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So you may give in secret. And then, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So you put those seemingly you know, diametric opposing ideas together, just one chapter apart, right? You put those together and realize, truly, in Matthew 5, Jesus is not talking about you know, being, being a... a megaphone for look what I'm doing. It's to be, to act wisely and steward what he has given you in ways that honor him and that others may follow suit in that. And to do that in a way that's non-boastful and do it with humility. And again, that comes down to us individually, but but to, but in our space, in the ministry work that God's called us to do as an organization, to act the same way. Act the same way. To, to engage with our partners and the people that we work with in Guatemala and Malawi and Kenya and Honduras and El Salvador and Haiti and you know Ecuador and all the other countries that we work in, to, to, to do that in a way that is with humility and reliance on God that is his provision, not ours. And this whole idea of money. And then that way, uh, money has a, it's a right perspective about the funds that we have. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's a lot of talk about money in Matthew six, yeah. but, but, but it, it is, it is talking about coveting money and that is the key there you know, that you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's true. So there you go. That's one of those easy topics. To <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not an easy no. topic. It really isn't. No. It, it, it's, it's many layered. It is. And, uh, yeah, but we hope we, interesting. we hope don't, I mean, for our listeners, we hope this is interesting. Again, our, our goal is to kind of give you that behind the curtain peek at how this work, this ministry work actually happens in international relief and development work. And, and money, the transactional part of, of this work is very real, mm-hmm. very, very real. It's, it's central to, to so much of what we do. And, and um, it's just part of the dynamic. And, and you add a lot of layers in terms of poverty issues and cultural issues and, and such on top of that. And it just makes it very, uh, uh, very dynamic, challenging, dynamic, and, and also encouraging at the same time. You see so much good that gets done around the world. So to all our guys, thanks for listening uh, today. I hope that both Chris and I hope that uh, this has spurred something inside of you 
Don't know what, but you know, God, God will work inside you with that. And we'd love to hear from you, right? I mean, if you have any thoughts or comments or feedback, you know, please email us. Chris, what's the email address? It's, it's uh, podcast at crossinternational.org. Fantastic. Thank you all, and God bless you. If you'd like to learn more about Cross International and make a difference in the lives of vulnerable children and their family members, visit our website at crossinternational.org. See you next time at Cross the World with Kelly Miller.